0: No, that's not right. Now, I was talking to my neighbor, Brother Alan, over here, and uh, he was telling me his dad was a pastor many years ago, and he had a sermon, I Love Grits. And uh, in that sermon, he was talking about the different kinds of love that is found in the New Testament. In his sermon, he said, I love grits. And then he said, I love my wife. Now, you can't, uh, you, you can see by that, there needs to be some other words for love, and the Greeks have that. They have uh, six words for love. Three are in the New Testament. There's um, phileo or Philio love. That's a brotherly love. Eros love. That's uh, physical love. And then there's agape love. And that's the God kind of love that we are blessed with every day. The real title, and you can write this one down, is called, the message is, The Love of God. And uh, I want to make a statement to you before we get started. And this is going to be the foundation for the message. This statement, uh, let me just read it. God's love is placed on me, not based on me. I don't know where I got that. I googled it, couldn't find it anywhere, but as I was writing this message, this was uh, about in the middle, and I just decided that is really the basis of what I'm trying to say to you today. God's love is placed on me and not based on me. Think about that. If you don't feel God's love, it's because that you have based his love on you on what you do. Or what you do not do. You have the understanding that his love is based on who you are instead of based on who he is. We all remember the thing we did as a, as a kid. Uh, you know, we saw that girl just in front of you in school the first day of school. And her hair was so pretty. And you went home and you picked up a, a flower, a daisy or something. And, and you'd pull them petals off. What do you th-? She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. And if you get to that last petal and she loves me, you you know you're good. And if that last petal's still there and it's a love me not, you just throw it away and get another flower. Yeah, yeah. Well, when we do that with God, it goes like this. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He loves me. And it always ends with he loves me. There is nothing you can do to earn God's love there is nothing you can do to get god to love you more. he loves you because he loves you god loves you because god is love first john 4 16 says and the truth that i want us to go home with today is that god's love has nothing to do with you god's love is placed on you and not based on you Like Dr. Elliott's father was saying in his sermon, love is a complex word. It it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. We have a lot of things that we say love, and we mean like puppy love, first love, the love of chocolate, the love of grits, and, and, and there's a lot more. When it comes to human, people may love you because you're cute, cuddly, and adorable. They may love you because you're rich. Many times they love you because you're just fun to be around. And your family has to love you, right? They have to love you. But not God. See, God loves you simply because he wants to love you. He chose to love you. He decided to love you. Our love is fickle, sporadic, temporary, conditional, according to what the other person does, says, or believes. But God is love. And his love is unconditional. His love is constant. His love is perfect. You can't influence God's love because God is love. Beloved, Jesus did not go to the cross because of any love you had for him. Romans 5 says, but God demonstrated his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died. To be a sinner means that you're an enemy of God. And he loves you even at that point in your life. A lot of times human love people because of what they can do for them. Well, we, we have the wrong definition of love. And that gives us a wrong attitude toward God's love. Because we associate that God's love with our own love see we look at some people and because they have a good job they have a good family they have good things going on in their life that god must really love them then we look at some people who have problems they're sick they're poor they've lost their job they're plagued with family or marital problems and we think god must not really love them look at all the problems they have of course that's just hogwash right Man, there's nothing true about that we need to forget that kind of thinking circumstances has nothing to do with god's love when everything seems to be going wrong god still loves you now if you want to gauge god's love if you want a yardstick to understand that to measure god's love don't look at the circumstances go to the cross because that's where he displayed his love for all of mankind The prophet Jeremiah in chapter 31, verse 3, God said, I loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So do you know what you need to do to experience God's love? Just receive it because it's already there. It's like that package you get on your birthday. You got that big bow on there and and somebody gives it to you. But if you leave it in the package, you never can receive it. It's yours. It belongs to you. It was given to you but you've never received it. That's what we need to do with God's love. We just simply need to receive it. And once you receive God's love, it's forever. Nothing can separate you from God's love. Now, if you found our text, Romans chapter 8, we're going to walk through uh, many of the verses, and we're going to, I'm going to read to you verse 35 to begin with. And just the first part of it, he asked a question, Paul asked a question, What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, the rest of the message, we're going to look at what Paul has said to lead up to that question. Because he has a series of questions leading up to verse 35. Go up to verse 31, chapter 8. Verse 31, he says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Now, the truth is that everything is against us if you're a child of God. You're a twice-born person in a once-born world. You're going against the flow all the time. We face opposition on every turn. We, we face opposition in our bodies, sickness, disease, aches, pains. We face opposition from people they're hard to get along with. They'll hurt your feelings. They'll disappoint you. We face opposition from circumstances. Things don't always go the way you planned. But this question has God's love in mind. God has a love for you, so the question is not, how can I handle all that life throws at me? The question really is, can God handle all that life throws at me? And the answer is absolutely yes, he can. He can and he will. Because if God is for us, if he's on our side, Who then can be against us? And while I have problems with life's difficulties, God is not phased. There has never been a time in all of eternity, in all of history, where God is up in heaven just wringing his hands. (laughs) What's going to happen next? Oh, no. (laughs) Never, ever. He knew the end from the beginning. God is greater than anything life throws at us. So is there a problem God can't handle? No. That just shows how much he loves you. So the question is not, can God handle my problem? We're asking the question in our life, will God handle my problem? Well, Paul has the answer to that. It's in verse 32. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Beloved, God in his love gave you everything that you need to meet life's problems. God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. Jesus loves you so much that he was willingly, he he laid his life down on that cross. So if God loved you so much that he's going to do that for you, will he forget all about you? now that you're going through a hard time will he forget about you now that you have a time of need no way god has too much love invested in you just to walk off god has god loves you so much that he will never forget you he said that in his word i'll never leave you i'll never forget you but then we ask how could god love me don't don't we have that in our heart? Because I know how I live. I know what's inside of me. I know my thoughts. I'm, I'm not worthy of his love. But beloved, God sees my life. He knows how I live. He knows me inside and out. And he knows all the times that I have failed. And I failed to live up to his love. That's too much sin for for uh for my life god god could not certainly love me so how could he love me paul answers that in verse 33 he says who shall bring a charge against god god's elect it is god who justifies god accepts you for who you are for what you are and he loves you anyhow So who else's opinion matters? People may criticize you, condemn you, gossip about you, cheat you, find fault with you, nitpick about you, berate you, belittle you, accuse you. You know, that's what the devil does. Revelation 12.10 says that the devil, Satan, he's on that right now. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accuses them before God day and night. You know what's going on in heaven right now? Satan's there going, look at that. Look at Bill. Look, Look at him. You know him. You see what he did today? Did you hear what he said? Did you tune in to his thoughts that he had? And he calls himself a Christian. Not only that, he calls himself a preacher. Shows you how much he loves you after all that you have done for him. And God looks over and says, no, I don't see Bill. He's right there at First Baptist Church, Madison. Bill, you see him? No, I don't see him. I see my son. I see Jesus, because Bill's in Christ Jesus. And that's what God says when he, he says in that verse, we are justified, we are forgiven of our sins. We are in Christ Jesus. And he sees us just as if we've never sinned. In, first, in, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, Paul said, him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. God's love has nothing to do with you. God's love is based on his son, Jesus. Again, God's love is not placed on you, Uh, It it is not placed on you, it's based on him. It's not, no, it's placed on you. (laughs) I'll get my own sermon right, don't worry. God's love is placed on you and not based on you. Parents, you'll understand this. I got a little story. There's a little boy and this microphone. will stay on eventually. There's this little boy, and he went out, was outside playing. He was running into the kitchen. He said, Mom, there's a bear in the backyard. Mom looked out and saw the big dog and said, You need to go upstairs and talk with Jesus about lying. So he goes running upstairs, and he comes back downstairs, and he said, Mom. I talked to Jesus and he said the first time he saw that dog, he thought it was a bear too. (laughs) Now here's what I want you to get out of that story. Mom, you sent the kid up to the room. You put him in the corner. What are you doing in the time that he's up there? Are you pacing the living room floor thinking, how am I going to crush that little liar? What am I going to do about punishing him more and more? Oh, I can't wait till his dad gets home. I'm going to make sure his dad really lets him have it. Are you packing his stuff and putting him out on the street? You would never do that. Why? Because you still love him. You don't love him any less than you did before he lied. And if we can feel that way, how much greater does God have an ability to love you? No matter what you've done, what you've said, no matter how things have gone Jeremiah 31 34 says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin will I remember no more. Beloved, God loves you so much that nobody else's opinion matters but his. No one can sway God's opinion of you. So he asked the question Who is he that condemneth? I'll tell you who condemns. We condemn ourselves, other people condemn us. The devil, he's one. But none of them are the supreme judge. It is Christ that died, that verse says. Yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. No one will judge us because we have the holy judge who saved us. And the verse says he makes intercession for us. He's up there praying for you. Don't you feel secure in the prayer of Jesus? Jesus is praying for you, and you can be secure in that. So now comes the question we started with. We're back to verse 35. And he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And then he gives us an extensive list. He says, shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword... I mean, if any of these things come your way, does that mean that God doesn't love you anymore? Verse 37, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Nothing can drive a wedge between you and God's love for you. If you're still not convinced, let's continue on. Verse 38 says, for I am persuaded. Paul said, I am persuaded. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers as demonic things, not things present, nor things to come, not height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul was persuaded. He's convinced. He said, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I know that none of these things, no circumstances... And he mentions about everything. He covers it all. Nothing can separate you from God's love. You have never lived a day. You have never lived a minute. Never a second when God didn't love you. And listen, you may have hidden like Adam and Eve did, but God still loved you. You may have deserted him like the disciples did the day that he was betrayed, but God still loves you. You may have even denied him like Peter did. But God still loves you. You may have doubted him like Thomas, but his his love was always with you. In everything, thick and thin, good and bad times, God still loves you. You never leave his mind. Isn't that a wonderful thought? You are always in the thought of God. You are always in his sight. And he sees the worst in you, and he loves you anyhow. God can never love you any more than he already does. And God will never love you any less than he already does. He can't get any, you can't get any more of God's love. And the reason is because God is love. We think that God will love us more if we cuss less, drink less, sin less. We think that God will love us more if we pray more, study our Bible more, attend church more, live a better life. Those things, they they are indicators of your love for God. Now, I'm not saying that you don't have to do that kind of thing. Those are the things that indicate how much you love God. But they do not impact, they do not change God's love for you one bit. See, again we relate to our perception of love because if the spouse or if the children don't do the things you think that they ought to do you do withhold your love from them god never has never will god cannot you don't impact or change god's love for you ever Why? Because verse 39 the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. God's love isn't based on you, it's based on Jesus Christ. God will always love you as much as he loves his son, Jesus, because we are in Christ. Have you experienced God's love for you? I hope you have. I I, I pray that, that God would just fill your life with his love. That you would wake up every morning and just bask in the sunshine of his love. Go to bed and rest in the comfort of his love. Live in his love. Immerse yourself in his love. Fill your life with his love. Let his love overpower you, indwell you, surround you. I pray we never forget John 3, 16. One of the most important verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Savior, all it takes is for you to believe in him. Do that today. Believe in him. Enjoy the everlasting, abundant life that he promised. And Christian, realize his love is not based on you. His, his love is placed on you because you are in Christ. He's going to love you this moment and every moment. And then we'll see him face to face and be like him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I know that we have heard so much about your love, but let us just dwell upon that today and to remember that It's not about who we are, what we've done. We cannot influence your love. You love us anyway, always. And God, I pray that we would take that home with us. We would take that with us every step of the journey. God, that we would look forward to waking up every morning just to experience how much you love us. And let us share that with others. And God, I pray for that person that is here today that has never made a commitment to you, that has never said yes to you. Let today be the day of salvation. Let them feel your love wrap around them. Let them call upon you as their Savior, as their Lord. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.